All right. Let me get my headphones on. Up in her. Hello. Oh. Yes. BFS. Breaking free speech. Another day. Another podcast. Coming at you from the studio. Man. Dave's loaded with energy today. Okay. Got some positive feedback on that uh, couple of the videos with the uh, sign-in sheet. Um, you guys like to know a little bit about how it all works. The magic, wonderful world of the skate park. So today I was, today I was thinking uh, we could touch base on one of the main hurdles that indoor skate parks have. And why BFS was a little bit different. And it might be one of the single most important factors that led to the, uh, the what would you say, the existence of, of Breaking Free Skate Park. So the issue is, is space. It's landlords. It's, you know, aside from the fact that you need a lot of space. Actually, I'll go into space too, because that's, that's, a, that's a big hurdle, let alone. You can't just like get a like oh there's a building i'll put a skate park there there are major hurdles okay uh that you may maybe you never thought about it uh and here's really simple from a physical standpoint you have the floor you have the ceiling like if you're looking for a cheap warehouse space it might have a high ceiling but the floors might be crap then what are you going to do frame it all out it's not just a normal framing on the floor. You got to do them like the two by four is going to be like eight or 10 on center, maybe a foot on center. So it's like every 10 feet, there's going to be 12 two by fours and there's going to be four sheets of plywood. And that's going to be, dude, it's going to get real expensive real quick. 10 foot two by fours are like three fifty a piece. And then if I have my, I only have my phone on me now. Here's my phone. Let's, let's break that down real quick. Uh, you'll have 13 times 3.5, so that's $45, and then you're going to have like five sheets, say roughly five sheets of plywood, that's 3500 Yeah, so you're talking $220 per 10-foot square of ground, roughly, if you wanted to frame out the floor. What's your other option? Like, get one of those big uh, concrete sanders, smooth it out. That sounds like a pain in the butt. The floors are a big issue, and you know, for me, I didn't have to look at floors because I I moved into a space where the skate park already existed, and you, even my floors aren't great. And I I hope to box them out eventually, if the finances are in order. Second, ceiling. If you want a little warehouse to just play around in, you can get away with like maybe a 14, 15 foot ceiling. But if you want a real skate park. With real height. Like, you need a tall ceiling. Our ceilings at BFS are very tall. Uh, the cross beams are 22 or 24 or something like that. And then the peaks, the ceiling goes way up there. Way up. It's not an issue. But if you were to take, you know, if you were to go on a site that searched real estate properties and you say, okay, I want it to be, you know, minimum 8,000 square foot, maximum 25,000 square foot. And then you're going to get, okay, here's 25 spaces. It's like, all right, now I want it to have a ceiling this big. It's like, all right, now here's five. So that's a big logistics issue. Big logistics issue. 
And then in line with that space, you have the volume inside the building. So that's like the, you know, the space cubed, essentially. That, that plays a role when it comes to heating the space. You think about that. You come to the skate park, you're like, man, it's cold in here. It is cold in there. And I'm paying a lot of money to, to heat that space. To keep it as cold as it is, I'm paying like uh, probably thirteen to $1,700 a month to keep 20,000 square feet, like 46 degrees. But that's the double-sided sword of the tall ceiling. Up in the peaks, up high in the ceiling, it's probably nice and warm. Down where you are, it's not so warm. What's the alternative? Put in fans, blow it down, then you have to pay for all of that. Then when the ceilings are tall, the logistics getting fans in is hard too. So it's like, what do you do? It's tough. If you're, you know, maybe you're really lucky, you could find a building that has some sections of tall ceilings, some sections of low. But even then, the odds of having the roof and the ceiling situated and then lighting the space, other windows, and now just there's this finding a skate park space is is way more complicated than you you would think. And then, so the issue I was initially going to bring up uh, is not about the space itself, but about uh, getting into it. We all know the perception of uh, action sports, personal progression oriented sports is not great people think it's cool and extreme but they think it's dangerous so you might find the perfect space maybe you found a space in the right size with good floors with a good ceiling and then you you talk to the the broker or the the landlord and they're like wait what do you want to do in there (laughs) no thank you pass they won't even someone won't they won't even answer they won't even call you back because they don't want to skate park you know they don't know it's not nearly as dangerous as not really dangerous at all to be honest i'm i'm sure if i could i I could probably look up research on uh work place injuries in warehouse spaces and and it's probably worse than the skate park is whatever i'll put that on the back burner i'll look that up one day so a lot of times you know you get space this is great it's everything i want landlord's not going to give it to you the likelihood of finding a landlord that gets it is pretty slim um you know if they're desperate to get someone in there maybe you're more likely to get in there but then if they bent a little bit on what they you know if they didn't want if they wouldn't initially sorry if they wouldn't regularly want you as a tenant because they think it's high risk but they accept you because maybe the the market right now the real estate market's kind of not doing so hot if you sign a three-year five-year lease and then five years all of a sudden everyone's looking for you know, warehouse space, they might be, it can go either way. They could be like, well, five years, there's no problems. It should be fine. Or they could be like, well, five years and now people are banging on my door. I could probably get a little bit more for the space. Let's get the skate park out of here. And then, you know, then there's no skate park. We, um, we got really lucky, really lucky. I didn't, um, I didn't even think that they were going to allow us to move into that space because prior to BFS RASP had uh, some issues and like I just said before like issues at landlords are it's dangerous that's what um I believe what happened with Cranks out in Syracuse they had some uh turmoil with the uh property owner and then I believe I heard a couple different versions of that story if anyone listening to this podcast is actually from Syracuse or had anything to do with cranks, 
and uh, like re- like really did reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the show to talk about cranks. But yeah, I believe there's some bad stuff, some disagreements, and then they're just like, well, we're not going to renew you, so you don't even have a chance to stay here, and, and moving a skate park is not really that feasible. Then you have X, X Wheels. Um, that was out in uh, in Buffalo. Same thing, if anyone from X Wheels would like to come talk on the show, hit me up, email me. Um, I think X Wheels is the same thing, like the property owner changed hands or something like that and uh, Orlando the guy who used to run the place basically he told me that uh you know the the guy that owned the building in the business was this one day was like nah don't open we're closed just over it done like wait what really didn't care why would he care that's uh, I think I heard with the incline club down in Jersey similar deal they were politically pushed out of the space um Someone just didn't want, uh, I guess the neighborhood was changing. Uh, if you ever been to the Incline Club, you came in, well, they changed the entrance a few times, but it was a gymnastics place and, uh, the skate park. And I believe the gymnastics place had since left and then a charter school came in and I believe there was tension between them. I think maybe the ownership might've changed either way, uh, for what I understand is the landlord didn't want them in the building anymore. So they were just like, all right, if you want to stay here, isn't this ridiculous price that you can't afford, so you're going to leave. And they just got kind of politically pushed out of it. And you'll see that time and time again. Like, even if your skate park's working, you know, the landlord can just come in and be like, pull a, pull the rug out from underneath you, underneath you, and that's it, game over. No more skate park. Like, I've moved parts of a skate park. It's tough. If you want to move a skate park, dude... <sighs> If you wanted to move a 20,000 square foot skate park, it's going to cost you like, if you did volunteers and DIY'd everything, it's probably still going to cost you like 20 grand. And if you wanted to do it like legit, it'd probably get up way beyond that real quick. Yeah. Wow. So with us, I, I, I presumed that they wouldn't even talk to me because Rasp had got themselves into some financial trouble. And so I was looking at spaces. Honestly, I went around. I went around all over Rochester. I worked with this broker who actually his son comes and rides sometimes. And we went to every space in Rochester or the greater Rochester area uh, that had uh, between fifteen and twenty-five thousand square feet. And at the time, that was four, four locations that fit that. The pro- <laughs> the thing was there was more. But they all were under uh, the ownership of the same property company. It's uh, Buckingham Properties. And as you'll find later, they're great. I actually have, it's kind of ironic, I have my Bucking Properties, uh, Buckingham Properties Yeti uh, Hot or Cold, what do you call this thing, a tumbler, coffee mug, whatever. They gave this to me as a like a one-year thanks for sticking around thing. Good guys over at Buckingham. You'll, you'll, we'll get to that real quick. Um, yeah, so we looked at the four spaces around the city that were similar in size. Um, one of them had great floors, great ceilings, but it was in an industrial park, like way out in Kodak Park, like way down, like, um, like Ridgeway and Mount, um, Mount Reed. And you'd have to go into like a, a fenced in complex and go like five buildings down, down this road, just not great for family logistics. 
Another space we looked at was uh, off Buffalo Road. Really cool, unique space. Not in the best neighborhood. Really dungy, dingy, dungy. It was like a dungeon. It was like dark and old, but like floors weren't great, but pretty unique. Um, and a couple other ones were just like bland and just the other two were not even worth remembering. Buckingham, uh, being a behemoth of a company, actually uh, has a pretty strong hold on all warehouse spaces with tall ceilings because apparently tall ceilings are desirable i guess they make the like at home depot that, or maybe in bj's they have those metal racks those really tall ones you ever see the youtube videos where they fall over it's hilarious i guess to use that sort of racking you need tall ceiling and that makes warehouse space with tall ceilings really desirable so i was like what are we going to do we actually found a spot in fairport we really liked but there was logistics there um that weren't going to work out and I'm glad we didn't end up moving to Fairport. So what happened was we, you know, I sat down with Buckingham with um, the guy who was the property manager. Now he's the director of leasing. And they were like, he pretty much assured me right off the bat he wanted to make it work. And I was like, okay, so then I'll leave all the businessy stuff out of it because that could be a whole other discussion. They expressed to us that the building that the skate park is in now is uh, a building that they like being sports related. And in fact, in the future, they would like to see the building entirely sports related. They, I think they said they would like to call it like Rochester uh, Sports Park or something like that. Like pretty funny because it sounded like RASP, which was Rochester Action Sports Park. They want to call it like Rochester Sports Park. And I was like, I'm like, that is the best. As a guy who wants to open a skate park, who knows what skate parks have to deal with, hearing that, I'm like, oh, my God. That's it. Like, they want me in here. They want it to be sports. He said to me, they wouldn't hate to see some of the more industrial um, elements in the building leave in exchange for more sports-related or foot traffic-related or, you know, people. They want people in the space. They don't want it to be just a industrial park really and i was like cha-ching heck yeah this is what i want this is exactly what you want to hear like they're not going to spring up on me and be like all right you're done get out you know because that would be the worst case scenario and uh they really uh worked with me you know the fact that they wanted me in there just got my foot in the door. And then once my foot was in the door, you know, the business plan sold them. And then that, and then the business plan selling them allowed uh, the negotiation to, for, you know, RASP to do their negotiation to, to settle up and square their situation away that allowed me to come in and be like, skate park, got it. And then that that's pretty much how, that's the normal hurdles that skate parks have to deal with in regards to space. And um, to go back to the beginning, we were talking about liability. People think it's... I still had to deal with that to some degree. Um, I have a ton of insurances. There's like five different types of insurance. Uh, But on top of my general liability, I have to have an additional umbrella policy on top of that. I'm not even sure what that means. All I know that on top... My policy on top of covering me there's a million dollar or $2 million policy that covers 
Buckingham because someone, even though there's a waiver, like if someone really wants to pay their lawyer to come at my business and my lawyer and the waiver, like they really wanted to fight that battle. Someone to be a dick like that, they could they could fight it. If they if they, if they got them, I don't know why you would want to fight it. Maybe you get one of those lawyers that's like, you know, you don't um, pay unless you win, and they so they're gonna come at you real hard. Rasp got sued, and they had insurance. Other uh, Parks get sued even with with the insurance and the waiver. Like people, whatever. That's a whole other topic. But so on top of my liability, I had to pay additional money to have liability on them because, like, they could sue me for everything I have, and then be like, well we want even more and they could sue the people that gave me the space. Cause that's just how the system is kind of is right now in America. Medical bills are expensive. I don't know. I just hope it never happens. So even with the best scenario with my landlord, I still have to pay additional money to cover them, but I have a great relationship with them. They have great, they're great guys. When I sat down with the property, the old property manager had been promoted to director of leasing but he was still involved in the situation. So it was the old property manager slash director of leasing, the new property manager. And I came in, I was like sweating bullets. I was like, oh my God. And, and, and uh, we just talked about bikes. They used to race BMX. And uh, they really like, I think we talked about half, about a half hour, we talked about BMX and bikes and kids and uh, motorcycles for a minute. And it calmed me down. It gave me a lot of faith that these guys had my back and it's not something I have to stress about all the time. So shout out to Tom and Adam at Buckingham Properties. You guys made it happen for me. For reals. And there you go. There's a a little low resolution breakdown on real estate and skate parks. There's a reason why skate parks are often in bad neighborhoods to keep the rent down. I guess it's probably worth mentioning how the lease breaks down because you pay per square foot. But whatever. You pay per square foot. So the bigger it gets, the more expensive it gets. And then how desirable the the location is dictates how uh, expensive it is. Like, so... And obviously there's a lot of factors there with the ceiling height and where it is and whether it has a loading dock and all those things do all those things play into how expensive something is per square foot. That's basically how it goes. The bigger the park is, the more expensive it's going to be. The nicer the neighborhood it is, probably the more expensive it's going to be. That, that's pretty much common sense, right? I hope you knew that. Yeah, there's your uh, real estate and skate parks. A little background on how uh, I managed to stay in the same place as Rasp, uh, which I'm not sure you sure what Rasp is because that's the joke. There you go. Thanks for listening. Walk to walk, talk to talk. Definitely shred the gnar. Thanks for listening. Podcast over.